0: Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are and whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate you joining me, giving me a little bit of your time and effort, energy perhaps. I hope it's uh, something that you're able to look forward to each day and... I'm glad you're here. It gives us a little bit of, uh, of community, even if it's via a podcast. So thank you. Not a lot on Homestead. Uh, nothing of note that I can really think of right now. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the people that listen to and share this podcast. Be with them and their families. Guide them. Bless them. Surround them with your angels. Protect them from evil of any kind. Help us to do your will, Father. Guide our thoughts and our words and our actions. Help us to help those that have less than we do. Help us to help our country turn back to you. Guide our leaders. Help us to elect men who rule in the fear of you, Father. Help us to choose wisely. And give them wisdom. Help them to make wise decisions. Give them courage to stand for you. To stand for truth. Give us the courage to make hard decisions, Lord. We have so many staring us in the face. And help us to trust you, Lord, most of all, with our lives, with our nation, with everything. And God, my words, Father, please. Your son, Sam, we pray. Amen. So we're going to go back to uh, just a couple more little blips. Uh, on the monuments and then I've got a little bit to end up with today something I ran across looking for a quote the other day Supreme Court building Uh, there's images of Moses with the Ten Commandments and Herman McNeil's marble sculpture group on the east front Moses is with the great lawgivers there the two huge doors entering the Supreme Court courtroom, have the Ten Commandments engraved on each lower portion. And they're also engraved over the chair of the Chief Justice. It's interesting, folks, this reminds me, if I can find it real quick, of two quotes, one by S.E.R. and one by Harry Truman that we say often. Uh, Roosevelt, we cannot read the history of of our rise and development as a nation without reckoning with the place the Bible has occupied in shaping the advances of the Republic. Where we have been truest and most consistent in obeying its precepts, we have attained the greatest measure of contentment and prosperity. Harry Truman, even more applicable. The fundamental basis of this nation's laws was given to Moses on the mount. The fundamental basis of our Bill of Rights comes from the teachings we get from Exodus and St. Matthew, from Isaiah and St. Paul. If we don't have a proper fundamental moral background, we will finally end up with a totalitarian government, which does not believe in rights for anybody except the state. Uh, so true today. And you, you look at that, folks, when people tell you that God's not in the Constitution, they don't know what they're talking about. Or or they're being purposefully deceptive. God may not be explicitly mentioned. And there's a reason for that when you know it. And that's the fact that God was explicitly mentioned and still is in many of the state constitutions. And they didn't want to step on the toes of the states because the states had a lot more power than they do now. Or at least than we think they do. Uh, Texas may be showing us that States have more power than we we have anticipated. You can only hold states together when you have a, you know, you can only hold a group together for so long if the leader of that group, and I'm not talking about one individual in this case, case, folks, I'm talking about the federal government as a whole, if that entity doesn't have the best interests of that group at heart. The group's either going to collapse under its own weight or the people are going to leave. Or there's another option, uh, which is the one I think we're headed to, which is the people decide that it's time to have a fight to replace the leadership. But you see Truman's quote, all of the stuff, our whole country is founded on the teachings of the Bible. Bill of Rights, our laws, everything comes out of it. Uh, The Jefferson Memorial... A lot of references, Uh, quote, around the interior dome, I have sworn upon the altar of God eternal hostility against every form of tyranny over the minds of man. One of the panels, God who gave us life gave us liberty. Can the liberties of a nation be secure when we have removed a conviction that these liberties are the gift of God? Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just that his justice cannot sleep forever. When we start to think that these rights that we have come from the government instead of from God, we've got problems. And when we take those rights away, as we did in slavery, there's going to be a price to pay. As we are today with abortion, there's going to be a price to pay. And some of y'all that listen to the podcast, you're thinking, man, we're already paying the price in your right. But it's not anywhere near the total bill that we have racked up for abortion. We have, we have some dark times coming folks. I mean, we just do. It's just, it's logical. I can sit here and almost unemotionally talk about it at this point. I, I mean, I'm emotional about it, but when you're just laying out the facts, we just, you, you can't, I mean, one of the simplest ones, which you you can't run up debt forever. At some point, the creditors want their money, right? It just doesn't work. You can't have sexual deviancy of every kind without the breakdown of families and marriages, which then break down the, the nation, which we see, not to mention the spread of all sorts of fun little diseases. You can't slaughter your own children and maintain the moral integrity and the fiber of individuals required for a republic required for freedom and liberty you just you can't do it when you when you start to kill the most innocent and vulnerable there's something that it rips apart the fabric the soul the moral fiber not only of the nation but of the individuals it just it kind of just, there's, there's a, I saw a little clip by Jordan Peterson a while back, and I don't know this story, folks. There's a book out there that he was talking about at the time that apparently has some of these stories, but he was talking about the fact how some of these Germans became so desensitized, sensitized to the evil that they were uh, committing that, that toward the end, they were taking some of these pregnant Jewish women out, uh, stripped down naked and just shooting them, killing them. And, and, and they talked to these men that did it afterward and, and I don't remember their comments, but it was just the overall, you know, there was just something missing. They had, they had done so much evil that there's just something gone. And, and, and we think because we do it in a little corner somewhere and nobody's really paying attention, you know, I didn't commit abortion. I, I didn't. Have any part in that, and that's something that takes place over there anyway, you know, and just, it's just a pill. Just give somebody a pill anyway. It wears on your moral fiber. Same thing with sex. Well, you know, those people, they need to be able to go do whatever they want to do over in their own little place. And so you get more and more different forms. Because it's always we always want one thing more, right? You have the feminism that led to homosexuality, that led to transgenderism. You have all the things that come with that, and and so, uh, and and we can keep talking about this, folks. But I'm going to move on. The the point is, we have some dark days coming. There's no way around that, and and it's either because we're going to get into a fight because we're going to try and stop the evil that we've allowed to spread throughout our country, or we're going to just keep going along with it. But when you look at what's happened historically, when you keep going along with it, I mean, look at, look at Mao's China, look at Nazi Germany under Hitler, uh, look at Russia under Lenin and Stalin in particular, uh, Pol Pot, North Korea, uh, just Iran. Look at these places where you have allowed evil to continue to fester. And it's 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 darker than the Civil War alternative, and that's that's hard for a lot of people to grasp, folks. But it is the the Civil War at least gives us a hope of, and it would be horrible. Make no mistake, I don't want it. I'm in favor of of a miracle by God. Huge huge fan of that. If God's taken our votes, <laughs> but a, a civil war. Think about it this way: if we had not had the Civil War the second Civil War, right, in the 1860s in America, how much more evil would have been perpetrated in the South under slavery? Just think about that for a minute. The Civil War was horrible, but how much worse would it have been if we would not have fought it and you could say the same kind of thing about, about World War II. How much worse would it have been if we had not stopped Japan, if we had not stopped Germany? A lot of people get really up in arms about the atomic bomb. But the alternative, the number of people that would have died in an invasion of mainland Japan. And so you look at this, these, these choices today, folks. We've just got some dark choices coming, just some dark ones. And I think Jefferson really understood that when he talked about trembling for his country uh, because we've rejected God. You know, and you you go back, I really didn't lay it out correctly real quick there with Japan. Like, how much worse would it have been if Japan would have won for, for Asia, for the United States, for the Pacific? And, and the same thing, there was a, I think we went over it recently. No, we didn't either. There's a quote in this Churchill biography that I've read. And it's a it's a quote by the author. It's not a direct quote to Churchill or to FDR, but but the author was saying, you know, FDR knew if Europe fell to Nazi Germany, if England fell, Britain fell, he could buy peace for a generation, maybe, but but it would already be too late by then, you know, because there were already pro-Nazi supporters in South America, and so, you know, the two choices between us today, really, outside of America by God, folks, you know, (laughs) got a couple states, Ohio, and I'm ashamed to say I can't remember the other one right now, that both have Variations of, you know, anything's possible with God, basically, as their state motto. And anything is. But outside of a miracle by Him, our choice is a fight to correct the trajectory of our country or a continued slide into this evil. It's... It's the alternate history of the 20th century that thankfully we never saw in the United States, but China experienced it under Mao, Russia experienced it under Stalin, Uh, so many other places. So, Lincoln Memorial. Um, In the walls, you've got the Gettysburg Address We hear highly resolved that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom. Then on the right side, his second inaugural, which happens to mention God 14 times, quotes the Bible twice. And then another, Yeah, and at the end of it, with malice toward none, with charity for all, with firmness in the right as God gives us to see the right. Let us strive on to finish the work we are in, to bind up the nation's wounds, to care for him who shall have borne the battle and for his widow and his orphan, to do all which may achieve and cherish a just and lasting peace among ourselves and with all nations. So just again and again, we see these examples of God throughout the history of our nation where our leaders turned to him, leaned on him, looked to him for guidance. You know, every year in November and December, we kind of go through some speeches. And particularly in November during the month of Thanksgiving, we look at some of these speeches about Thanksgiving and fasting; these proclamations of our of our great presidents, and so often you see the theme repeated: that look to God, turn to God, hold fast to God. And they're talking about God the Father of Jesus Christ, folks, not not the God of Allah or uh, you know n- none of the false religions they're looking to God the Father of Jesus Christ and so one thing that's kind of struck me lately uh, I was talking to my father about this recently uh, over the it, it's amazing how many times things continue to pop up during this podcast but one of the things that's really started to strike me of late is, Obviously, we were born a Christian republic. Anybody that denies that, they, they just haven't looked at history, or, or they've got a personal agenda. And we've talked, there's so many different quotes, and there's great ones just across the board about that relationship with God. But there's a particular facet that I've started to notice lately, and that is the number of our leaders that specifically talked about the importance to all citizens, of reading the Bible on a daily basis. And more and more as I look around, that's that's one of the key pieces of this puzzle is we have become a society, even people that consider themselves Christian, that just we don't read the Bible anymore. We don't know what it says. We don't understand it. Uh, and we just don't spend time in it you know we we understand the concept that if you want to work out you have to if you want to be in shape you have to work out i'm i'm pretty lazy honestly a lot of times but even when i'm lazy i know that that's that's my own fault i'm not just going to magically get in shape right we know that if we want to climb the ladder professionally in our job we we have to put the time in and and we don't we don't act like it with our marriage but if you get people most people that are That are honest anyway. They'll acknowledge if you want a great marriage, you have to work at it. And so the same is true, uh not just for our faith, but for our nation, because we were we were founded on the principles of Christ. And and how are you gonna learn those if you don't if you don't look at the Bible on a daily basis? And so I stumbled across a few quotes. I was looking for something else by John Quincy Adams recently, getting ready for a a podcast. I'm just gonna read a couple real real quick here in the last couple minutes. The first and almost only Bible deserving of universal attention, the first and almost only book, sorry, deserving of universal attention is the Bible. In what light soever we regard the Bible, whether with reference to revelation, to history, or toward morality, it is an invaluable and inexhaustible mind of knowledge and virtue. I like that one a lot because it lays out folks the the truth of religious freedom in America. You don't have to be a Christian in order to be American. Our founders understood that citizens had to be given free will just like God gave us free will uh, as his children to accept him or reject him. But they also knew that if we don't spend time in the Bible, if we don't follow the principles of Jesus Christ, almost universally, we were going to lose our republic. It wasn't going to last. It is no slight testimonial, both to the merit and worth of Christianity, that in all ages since its promulgation, the great mass of those who have risen to eminence by their profound wisdom and integrity have recognized and reverenced Jesus of Nazareth as the son of the living God. So if you want to know Jesus, right, you've got to turn to the Bible. God bless y'all. God bless your marriages, your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.